The African philosophy is something that's kind of missing, I think, a lot from the discourse. I want to kind of highlight is just like the importance of us going back to um, Africa. Just because you're a hypocrite doesn't, it doesn't mean you're wrong. No, yeah. not, not just that it doesn't mean you're wrong, it doesn't remove the validity of the question. Mm. I think it's the issue of picking on Africa. We need to create a generation where there's so many young, bright leaders. Welcome to Afrolog Podcast, a platform for informed debate and discussion on African and the wider black community issues. Welcome, 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 everyone, to the next edition of Afrolog, the UK's and the diaspora's premier podcast for discussions on Africa, with discussions relating to Africa and the diaspora. It's Dami here today, and I've got the lovely team with me. We've got some really, really interesting issues today. There have been a couple things going on during this period where everybody has been at home. And the first of those things is the issue of sound, sound clashes. Um, and Bethana is going to tell us a bit about that, Bethana, what's going on. Okay, so obviously during lockdown, a lot of us were bored, and I don't know how, but No Signal, um, No Signal, which is a black radio, I believe it's powered by Recess London, you know, the ones that do the day party, um, and so their, their radio link went viral. It was even hard to get into at one point, and they've been doing sound clashes, so obviously we've had 80s R&B versus 90s R&B. Um, they've chose different DJs known in different genres to represent the different um, battles. And so I think most people know of it because of the Kids and obviously the Burner Boy clashes, Afrobeats versus Bashman, where a certain country... <laughs> Yeah, wow. yeah, 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 got yeah, a yeah, bit yeah. excited, <laughs> you know, with the Burner Boy versus Popcorn, a certain country got a bit excited, and yeah, it just went viral. It was, it was lit, to be honest. What country is that, Bethana? What country are we talking about? Um, it has a green and a white and a green panel in the flag. Did I get the colours mixed up, or is that, is that how the colours look? Island. I don't know what you're talking about, boy. You don't know what you're talking about. Ah. I, 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 the a certain West African really giant, as they like to refer to themselves as. Wow. <laughs> but um, no, I'm joking. I've got love for Nigeria, man. Well, good. You should have love for us. You should. Um, but I thought I think the sound clashes have done a lot for um, promoting different artists, actually. So. Mm-hmm. I remember this, the, the WizKid and the Vibes Cartel one. And I think I was surprised seeing how many people who are in Nigeria listen to Vibes Cartel. And, you know, this is, this is not meant to be uh, disrespectful, but I didn't know that Nigerians in Nigeria, um, you know, is are real big listeners of Vibes Cartel. Not that they don't listen to him, but just that they don't mm. listen to that extent. So, like, it's it's really good in terms of promoting different artists and getting and even of- local artists. Yeah, but have local artists been in the thing though? Yeah, like What's that, that Dio, Dio, Dio. Yeah, hey. that's what I'm saying. Everyone <laughs> singing that. That literally went viral because of the class. In my head, all I can hear is villagin, villagin. <laughs> Honestly, if that ever came up on a on a day party, oh goodness, it'll actually be a madness. <laughs> I just feel like the whole like. Let's just say the black community in general, the black people who are doing things during this period to kind of make the lockdown, you know, livable or what's the term? Mm. What's the English, man? I don't understand English. 
like the, the, <laughs> more the, tolerable it, more tolerable be it the what's it called the Tory lanes be it the um even swams like all of those people who are like oh putting out content. yeah even, even verses and stuff like that they've made the whole period of you know self-isolation and lockdown a lot more enjoyable through virtual means and it just kind mm. of attests to how we as black people generally are just ridiculously creative and we just create these opportunities regardless it's amazing i love to see it kamisha have you um have you been listening to any sound clashes and is that something that you're interested in um not really i mean i've seen the verses i think that's the biggest one that i've seen but I haven't listened to Sound Clash or anything like that. But I am for the movement. Like, you know, I'm encouraging people to be creative and and also the exposure I think is really good. I'm just hoping that platforms like Versus tap into other regions to promote other big music, mm, specifically yeah. from the continent. Like, yeah. you know, like you have this huge platform to showcase music. You know, this week, I think tomorrow they're doing gospel. And they're doing a gospel sound clash. Yeah, because they're trying, I guess they're trying to, and what's the word, bring up spirits with this whole, this protesting and looting and all of that. So they're trying to use gospel, a gospel clash as a way for people to be like inspired and, you know, feel better about the situation, kind of bring hopes up. But I'm just, I liked the Beanie Man and I don't know who the other person was. That that was good, like, you know, exposure for the Caribbean region. I'm just hoping that they do one for the African region. And hopefully, I'm not a hater, but hopefully it's not one that's just for the Nigerians. Please, you know, please, like, why are you guys like mentioning our name, man? Why are you not like because it's, because uh-uh. when, we, when they talk about Afrobeat <laughs> or African music, it's all of a sudden all it's whiskey no, or burner boy. But like the continent has such good music, yeah, I would yeah. love to see. And that's one thing I love that um, <laughs> East Africa. Yeah, Southern that I Africa. That versus did. Well, not versus. Um, there's Sound a signal. Clash. I think they had a clash where they um. Was it where was it? What country was it? I think it was Togolese music or something like that. And it was just music that people had not really listened to. And people were generally yeah. winding away, so, you know, in their chairs at home. People were generally vibing to it. So, yeah, yeah, it is an opportunity to showcase other music so we can add more I feel to like our roster. If you got, like, because Southern Africa has, like, really huge DJs. I mean, look at Black Coffee. Black Coffee is a big one. Exactly. So, if you get Black Coffee versus... You know, you could have a British DJ or an American DJ or a French DJ. He would be so good to, because he's really good at, like, showcasing music from the whole continent. He doesn't just stick to his South African house or I'm a piano or West African music. He literally goes through the region, you know, playing the hits from all parts of the region, including North Africa. That's why I really like Black Coffee, because I think he's really a really good ambassador for the continent. The whole I don't think continent. I've ever heard the term North Africa, you know. I don't think I've ever heard anyone mention, like, North Africa. Like, where's North Africa? Like, what? We're talking Algeria. Tunisia. I said North Africa. Music, yeah, North Africa. ended with the French. It's no, their rap's hard, you know. They're they rap, have they're really rap. good music. And you know what? They rap our artists as well. Every time I go to Morocco, I'm hearing their Afro beats. Mm-hmm. I'm hearing Bongo flavor. Um, but just to kind of stop with the music for one second, did you guys see Anifa's um, 
Congolese virtual fashion show. Like, what oh, are yes. you saying about the talent that's come out of our communities in yeah. this tra- trying and testing time? Yeah. This woman has, you know, she's got the likes of Anna Winter commenting on her collection. Like, for me, that is a wild achievement. Like, yeah, I don't know who that is, though. Yeah, I know who oh, Anna Winter is, but yeah, it's like, I know, I know. <laughs> uh, I know a man of culture. Love to see it. <laughs> <laughs> That virtual fashion show was really dope. And yeah, I like was, how social yeah. media just like, even this whole pandemic has kind of equalized everyone. Right. So, she, so she's using the platform, the fact that so many people are on social media, so many people, like, what do we do all day if it's not working or being on social media? And she was like, look, I have everyone's attention. Let me make this go viral and make the most of it. Yeah. yeah. And look at yeah, her now. Really I feel like more people need to do that. Really do. Definitely. Okay, wonderful. Um, thank you for that, everyone. I think um, I'm actually looking forward to this this gospel sound clash tomorrow. I know, and Kirk Franklin is one of them. Yeah, I mean, Kirk. So it's going to be on. It's going to yeah. Rashid, gonna... let's host our own Nasheed's uh, one. Nasheed one. Nah, I'm gonna yeah. listen to Nasheed that does deals. I just wanted to do it for the culture. <laughs> cool, cool. I'll jump in. I'll jump in it. <laughs> okay, so in reg- in regards to the situation regarding COVID, mm. are, there, are there any major changes that anyone has seen? Um, I wanted to talk about Madagascar um, and the Madagascan government, which has found or created uh, a herbal remedy for uh, the condition and has been sharing it amongst the residents of the country. And um, it's apparently having some success to the extent that other African countries have have started to order it. um, And WHO have put some respect on it, finally. Oh, I didn't even know that. Wow, okay. Yeah, no, they've started like testing it to see... Well, yeah, they said that. Yeah, they said that it had some interesting results, Mm. which is which is code for, oh, maybe this is not complete garbage. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, um, I think that's some um, some positive news coming out of of, of Madagascar. Actually, I'm happy to hear that. That's good. Yeah, I think we're becoming. Oh, sorry, go, Katina. No, no, go. Oh, I was saying, and more countries are easing. restrictions and stuff which i don't know if it's a good thing because i feel like they're talking about this second wave which is going to come and hit us and be worse than the first wave china is currently going through a second wave of infections like slowly so and was it north korea after opening up the schools and we're just about to open up schools you see so now i'm just like are we prepared for that second because i understand that the economy needs to be revived like a lot of industries are going under i saw recently there's a chain of um hotels african hotels in the region that are just tanking because you know they don't have the tourists coming in to live there Mm -hmm. to sorry stay there so it's like okay but now that you want to open up you know aren't you going to get more like more spread of the disease because there's people who are stuck like for example in zambia going back to South Africa, that's where they work. But because they only have a work permit and they're not residents, they can't go back to South Africa to work. So what happens when South Africa opens up? This rush of Zambians are going to go there. Rush of South Africans mm-hmm. are going to go maybe back to the UK or to the States. Or like, we're all going to start moving again. Are we not going mm-hmm. to just keep moving the virus? And 
you know, what are we, how are we supposed to manage it? Like, I'm scared for this second wave. This first one, I'm like, it's okay. But this second wave, I'm like, hmm. Well, I think the thing like, is like what the Ghanaian president said, like you can rebuild an economy after 2008. Like, you know, how many crashes have there been throughout history? You can't bring back lives. Like, and I wish the Tanzanian president, Magufuli, actually understood this, but he's too bu- busy oh, thinking. Magufuli is like, I don't know. I don't know what he's doing. Guys, do I even know what this guy did? I think he's <laughs> banking. he's banking on... And all the other countries clamping down on uh, movement, clamping down on farmers, so that when everything opens back up again, we had to close our borders. Yeah, everyone's going to depend on Tanzania, and he's going to be the savior that helps with the famine or some shit. I think that's his ultimate final plan. We had to we had to close our border because our border town of Tanzania, you know, truck drivers coming in and out. Mm. Like, there's so many, like we were getting ridiculous amounts of cases from that specific region by the Tanzanian border. So our president was like, nah, we need to close this border because we cannot have the Tanzanians coming in to infect the Zambians. Do you want to swap Basically. presidents? <laughs> no, I, I would love to, but not with is locking up, My president is locking up comedians whilst your president is <laughs> locking down restrictions and shit. I mean, oh, he's wow. trying, but I don't think, I, don't, I think it's just so many people were like, so upset by the fact that the border was still open, Tanzanian cases mm. stopped being reported, and now a mm. bunch of Zambians are getting infected. And then, you know, that region also has like a lot of prostitutes and stuff like that for the truck yeah. drivers. So now it's like, how are we going to manage and control this disease? But apparently, the prostitutes have been very helpful in identifying the corona. You know, people who may have symptoms and they've been helping health workers. But like Museveni closed in Uganda. He was like, I'm not playing with you, Magufuli. Yeah. And he closed up that border because he, and he's, he, he did like a serious lockdown in Uganda. Like I was talking to my Ugandan friends and he was t- like, he does reports almost every day. And he was telling people like, look, if you live in the town, I don't want you driving around. You walk to your local supermarket, buy your stuff and go home. If you live on farms, he was like, you grow your own food. Like, that's why you have a farm. Because they but, could have gotten ahead of this. They really yeah. could have. If they'd had those tight grips like that. Yeah, I'm one thing though, Kamisha, I'm not sure that we need to be worried about any second kind of uprising or anything. I think, you know, we should, we should be positive. But every country that's locked down and then opened back up too hastily has, had increased, has, yeah. has hit. Well, yeah, well, North Korea, I mean, after opening mm, up schools too quickly, look, boom. I think the thing about this thing... First I think you mean South Korea. Oh, sorry. One of the Koreans, man. <laughs> I'm still not sure how much of the information is kind of accurately based, though. You know, because remember when, you know, weeks ago we were told that it takes you know, up to two weeks to know um, the, that somebody has symptoms uh, in terms of an incubation period. And then we're hearing stories about cases going up after one day out of lockdown, you know. Um, we, don't, we don't, I think that there's a lack of information going on there. And I think it's, it's very- But easy. surely that would make you want to be more cautious. If the I, don't information think it's a lack, I don't think it's a lack of information. I just feel like, we need to give, put some respect on health workers' names and mm-hmm. understand that this is a disease they have never, they don't know much about it. So every day they're learning 
new things. Every day they're new, learning new things. Before, oh, it's only airborne. Then they realized, oh my God, it can spread through surfaces. That like they're learning every day, and I feel like mm. people are putting so much pressure on them. Give us the right information. Give us the right information. Tell us today what's going on. When really, if you look back at other diseases like HIV, for example, it took them a hot minute to realize what the HIV virus could do, and the consequences of it, you know? So how do we expect in this short period of time that these health workers and scientists have had time to analyze this disease, to have a whole bunch of information? Because they didn't even know up until a few months ago that people could be reinfected, you know? So there's so much Mm. that they're learning. So we as people are putting so much pressure and expectations on them without realizing that they're also working with new information every day, conducting new tests every day one day oh we can use chloroquine the next day oh no you can't use chloroquine like you know it's not yeah, and this, is the, this is the reason that we we shouldn't be too uh too apprehensive about any uprising of the um virus once things go, start going back to, to but look at japan also japan is a case where they've started opening up and cases have started rising they were going down, now they're rising again, and they're talking about this second wave. Well, that's what they're talking about, but we don't, know, we, don't, we don't have enough information to know about it. We're getting information from different places. Um, so the British government is saying one thing about the virility of the virus. The um, European governments are saying different things, and nobody knows what the incubation period is. I just mm. don't think that we can track very cleanly those kind of numbers because it depends on where you're getting your numbers from and who you're listening to. You know, I just think that's, it, I'm sure everything will be okay. Like, I'm sure everything will be fine. Yeah, I hope so. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> I like your positivity. I, I Honestly. I, I, don't, I don't think, sorry guys, I've just come in. What's up? What's good? What's popping? Um, I, I don't, I don't think that, um, we're not gonna have a second wave. I think we're absolutely going to. Yeah. Uh, I would look at Nigeria. Uh, we're now pushing to ten thousand cases. Um, oh wow! Really? The, and we're complaining about one thousand. Yeah, Nigeria is moving to towards ten thousand cases, and we have eased the lockdown. There's still a, a ban on travel between states, but um, in terms of kind of day to day moving around, it's kind of been east there's a bit of a curfew in lagos and abuja but for the most part people are moving about and the cases are increasing particularly in the north and in lagos so um uh we had a lockdown what for two weeks and then they they, they decided you know it's not yeah, going to people but did you have a re- did you have a real lockdown or did you have an African lockdown? Because I'm seeing I'm the sorry, African because our own leaders, our own leaders are African dying. What do you here. expect? It no, no, be the, right if we, it the be African right lockdowns and the Western lockdowns. It's not the same. Our own leaders are gallivanting. I'm sorry. Yeah. it's not just Africa. <laughs> no, but like you have curfew. markets you that curfew. are open. You had a curfew, but are your marketeers still going up and down? Like I went into the town, like our town center where, you know, everything is happening. 
and people are walking around with no masks. The minibus drivers are getting people yeah, no one's wearing masks with no mask. The guys who park your cars are there, like, hey, come, mommy, mommy, no masks coming to get money from your car, no mask in your face. Like, you walk into the shops, no masks. It's, it's a business as usual. No one, like, we never had a proper lock, we had an African lockdown. I feel like even in Malawi, that was the problem. I, I can assure you, Kamisha, there are people out here with no um, with no mask, no gloves. Our own Dominic Cummins is doing up excursions. It's not an African lockdown, trust me. I, I read something earlier on today. Oh, who was it? Uh, there was, I think it was an MP or something that travelled using public transport. No, he's a spat. Oh, a who? public transport? Yeah, well, he travelled. Yeah, I think it was public transport. Let me throw it up quickly. I tweet a lot today, so I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, on public transport, no, and he had um, coronavirus, and that's here in the UK. Um, so yeah, I don't think it's an African thing, to be honest. I think it, it, no one's kind of used to that whole idea of being like locked in anyway. So you know, when you put people in cages, eventually they will, one way or another, find an excuse to kind of break out of it. Okay, if anyone has any last points, now is the time. We want to go on and talk about what's going on in the world apart from the virus situation. No one? Mm. I've got one the last point. Go on, Rajid. Mine was um, a Tory MP that took a train from London to North East while we had coronavirus. That's on the mirror, though. I've become worse. But yeah. He took a train? Yeah, took a train from London to North East after displaying coronavirus symptoms. His name is Darlington MP Peter Gibson. Well, I mean, you know, after the Prime Minister's advisor didn't really take the advice seriously, yeah, exactly. it's kind of like exactly. nobody else did. Um, yeah. To be honest with you, I haven't. Um, I know other people in my area. It just it hasn't ever felt like um, a lockdown. People keep using that word, but it hasn't ever felt like that. Um, as far as I've seen, people have been going about their business. Um, first, I was told that masks don't help. Then I was told it's really important to have a mask. Then I was told to wash hands and that I would, you know. That's what Kamisha was saying though. The fact that we don't, we don't know what's going on. Even like uh, my meet, my um, team meeting the other day, um, my manager was saying that, oh, we finally got um, capacity to test for up to a thousand people. Right. Um, for the ser- serological test, which will kind of tell you whether they have like antibody, antibodies against coronavirus and stuff like that. Like, and even that, just because you have it, doesn't necessarily mean that you won't get it again. So everything's new. Um, was there another point from Bethana? Oh, yeah, it was just in times like this, join a union. That's what I can really say. A union? Oh, like <laughs> Unite? Like teachers, you're, open, you're going back to school. Like this, I'm, I don't understand why they're forcing this on teachers. But yeah, teachers, nurses... I have an unpopular opinion about that. I think that um, children need to go back to school. Um, Okay, maybe I'm coming from a place where my sisters have private tutors, so I want them at home. I've worked in a school, guys, once upon a time. Kids... They spread <laughs> disease. Yeah, it's a children around. spread disease. Like, have you seen how life spreads? Um, social distancing, but if workplaces are starting to open up, where are these kids gonna go? Not everybody can afford private tutors or private nannies. 
um, except the government is about to organize some form of government-sponsored childcare. Um, what they're doing, I know, because I'm in Leeds and I'm staying with my sister, my niece and nephew, um, they are alternating the days that the kids are in school to reduce the number of um, children in per day. So children, all of them are not going to be going to school all at the same time every single day. Um, so those are some measures that are being put in place. I just think it's very unrealistic um, for children not to go back to school when parents are going to be at work. It's like, it's just not realistic. Yeah, I get you. But then on the other hand is you've got people that have the luxury of staying at home, making policies, forcing teachers and students to go back out. Have you seen a school run? I've done a school run. That alone is a breeding ground for whatever is out there. That's exactly what my issue is. The people who are implementing these policies, their private schools, what, they open back, what, in September? But yet they would happily say... they They would happily say that state school kids have to go back now. So it's like, it's easy for you to say get our kids to go back now but you have the luxury of knowing that not only are the sort of schools your kids are going to aren't open but you can also afford the um the child care or the private tutoring to keep them at home and that's i agree not... with all those points but what is the alternative we don't know what the alternative is i can't lie to you you don't know but one thing i can say to you is that it's not something that we're just going to sit back and just accept it without mm-hmm. saying something about it because it's, it's so easy to talk about my kids or our kids and be like, yeah, send them back to school June 1st. Meanwhile, your kids are not going back to school anytime soon. Are my kids and your kids not equals or what? But then, mm-hmm. I, I get, that mm-hmm. argument is coming from a place of yes, it uh, is, but, rec- recognizing that there's different, you know, socioeconomic classes yeah. in the society. Which yes. we are, but this whole pandemic as a whole has highlighted that there are, exactly. everyone has different my, access to different things. So Oye, my, point, my point is that if that's the case, why don't all our kids go back to school at the same time? Even though I understand that obviously private schools, they're not under the jurisdiction of the government. But what I'm saying is that why not set the date at that time so all our kids will start at the same time? Well, like you said, private schools are not under the same jurisdiction, so you can't force them. I think we need to deal with the reality. The reality is that parents have to go back to work so they can put food on the table. The government is reviewing the furlough scheme, and I actually haven't been up up to date with that yet. I don't know if anybody else is. I am, I am, I am. am. Yeah, so are 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 they... increasing people's access to furlough or are they reducing it these are things they're reducing it exactly so how how is spending going to increase in the economy we have to live with the fact that the uk government has chosen the economy over people we can Mm. scream and shout and scream and shout all we want but that's the reality and it's not only the uk though oyen it's it's everywhere but i think kids the issue is that you can control inside the classroom you can say okay there'll be social distancing or whatever and hardly but how are you, yeah, but how are you, we're talking about children, we're not talking about exactly. adults, okay? We're talking about children. You, mm-hmm. There's only so much management. Once those, you go, think of yourself when you were in middle school or you were in elementary or even high school, someone tells you, don't go talk to your friends. Don't play with your friends. You won't listen to what your teachers say. As soon as you leave that classroom, you are benched <laughs> up with your friends. I gossiping, chilling, praying. So I think the issue oh. here is that when the government is opening up and discussing these rules and regulations and trying to figure out they need to one take into consideration these are children two also take into consideration teachers yeah and take into consideration that 
children have a different way of spreading disease than adults. I completely agree with you. And also, if you're talking about parents who have to go to work, and obviously, I feel like we've seen from this virus that our states have a whole much more money than they let us know they have. Mm -hmm. Okay, so they are able to implement strategies to mitigate these things. If it means Uh. you are, you know, allowing parents that can work from home, work from home, you know, putting in a rule that says that if the job allows them to work from home, they must work from home. If not, then like you're saying, okay, taking care of kids, they can put in a, I don't know, a daycare or whatever it is. They have the money to do that. Even in that, in that, in that. I don't know about that. There is money. There is there money. Is money. Even there's a lot of borrowing going on. Hey, guys, not to be funny, but Britain put her hand up, though. Not to be funny. <laughs> not to be funny, but she did. Oh, sorry. I, I can't. <laughs> no, I just wanted to quickly um, touch upon what Kamisha just said. Yeah. Sorry to spread my socialist red scare agenda, but this pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> In the words of Thomas Sankara, yeah, there's enough to help everyone. This pandemic has shown, you know, like the moves that they couldn't make for the disabled, the moves that they couldn't make for people that needed to work from home, commuting, even leasing all these big offices. This pandemic has highlighted that there is move to maneuver around and certain things like in terms of accessibility, in terms of what can be funded. This has shown a light on this. I'm sorry. That's what I've got to say. Um, just off of that point, I agree with you. I'm for you. Everything is great and dandy. All your points are fantastic. But if we're still going to implement some form of state-sanctioned daycare, whatever, the point goes back to the fact that children will be children and they will not observe social distance in the way adults could possibly do so. So even if there's some kind of state-sanctioned daycare, um, that's still not a solution. That is not an alternative. The only alternative would be somehow if the government is able to pay for the for the whole population who can't work from home to for the next couple of months. That's the only that's the only way forward. And it's just well, everybody not, I, agreed. I agree with that. Me, I agree Kamisha's with that. got a hand up. Kamisha's got sorry, a hand up. Sorry, sorry, sorry. My bad. My bad, guys. My bad. Oh, I did. Oh, okay. I don't know how to do it. <laughs> Um, Someone talked about debt, right? Um, Our economies all over the world run on debt. Like everyone has debt, you know? So why is it that when you are trying, when we are asking for policies that help us as your citizens, you are in debt, but as soon as there's a war or there's this virus that can actually kill you guys who are in that position, you all of a sudden have a hundred billion dollars come out of nowhere that you're willing to put in to mm. mitigate, you know, circumstances. So my thing mm. is that this has just basically our leaders have, for lack of a better phrase, shown their asses. <laughs> Okay, and we are now seeing that they're capable of doing so much more if they actually wanted to. So why don't we as a people request them to do more? If like if you're saying my child is in public school, your child is in private school, why does my child have to go back to school? Why can't you use that money that you're putting in to mitigate issues in this coronavirus pandemic to help my children be as protected as yours? Help me as a worker be protected you know, as I go back to work to help restart your economy that's putting money in your pocket. 
you know like as people why not ask for that be vocal about it because they have the money they cannot turn around and say we don't have money there's debt you've shown us you have the money you know but you're still not willing to pay you're not willing to pay health workers like nurses and stuff more but you're willing to pay um agency workers more you know but but why yeah like especially coming from a country that just finished paying off reparations if you like back then they made the same arguments against stopping slavery that they can't afford it the country has just finished paying that back there is money sorry um who has the hand up i can't see um i I agree so there was um i was listening to the making sense podcast the other day and they were talking about like just the reason why i brought up the debt apparently in april um we our debt was the equivalent of the whole of last year. So I think it was 67, I had a million and billion, I didn't really pay attention to that bit. But the debt for April alone was 67, let's say million. And the debt for 2019 was 67 billion as well. So going forward, Mad. what sort of effect would that have on us as, hmm. you know, you know what I'm saying? That's a valid point a- and that was the point I was gonna raise. Sorry, Rashida, are you done? Um, yeah, I'm done. I'm done. Go for it. Go for it. Oh, okay. That's the point I was going to raise. Yeah, we debt, 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 debt. Debt is great. Debt is fantastic. Who's going to pay back the debt? We are. The yeah. taxpayers are going to pay back the debt. That it's going to affect our NHS. It's going to affect every single thing you can post, every public facility, every public service that you can possibly imagine. Because, yes, every, every country operates on debt but your debt needs to be matched with productivity and what we've had is that there's not been productivity because we're all on lockdown but the debt is increasing so it's just not sustainable it's inhuman to say that absolutely i agree it's not a socialist thing to say i'm not particularly socialist or capitalist i don't know where i sit but at the end of the day in the system that we operate in if we're going to rely on debt without increasing productivity we're all just going to suffer and die. That's the reality yeah. of life. And also there's a lot of like um, firms that are even closing down. Like I think there's one of the biggest law firms that's closing down in London branch or something like that. So in fact, that's going to have on the property market, for example, again, yeah, the amount of money that... Yeah, well, that's uh, Slater and Gordon. They've moved from their office permanently to working from home. Who's that? Slater and Gordon. Slater uh, and Gordon. Yeah. Yeah. It's mad. Yeah. Anyway, Sha. Mm. Okay. We had a very juicy, uh-huh. very big. Okay. Thank you, everyone, very much for joining us. We've had a great discussion. Please keep in touch with us on all social media channels. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram at Afrolog Pod. Thank you very much. This is Afrolog. <laughs>